Stress is so much part of our lives today, isn't it? It's, it kind of characterises our existence in so many different ways. Um, it's, it's this all-encompassing term now. Everything kind of is just put into this pool of stress. Everything's stress. It's that bit of a buzzword that we just use and just rolls off our tongue. How's your week been? Oh, man, it's been stressful. How are you feeling? Just feeling really stressed at the moment. How are you going? I'm just feeling really stressed. And so today they're saying that stress is actually the new smoking because of all of the apparent negative health benefits uh, that it could have on our bodies. You know what I'm talking about when I say the word stress, don't you? I don't don't really need to explain it to you. I'm sure there's no one in this room I need to explain it to, but it's, it's kind of that sickening feeling in your stomach. It's the heartbeat getting faster and faster and faster. It's, it's the, the shallow breathing, just not being able to catch your breath. It's the clammy and sweaty hands that you just can't seem to get rid of. might be not being able to sleep or, or you're just not sleeping at all. Um, or it might seem like that you're just always on heightened, you're on that, that heightened stress time all the time. You just can't switch it off. It's like you're ready to go constantly and there's, there's no downtime anywhere. As I said, I don't need to explain stress to you, do I, at all? And because it's so prevalent, the amount of information that's out there at the moment is unbelievable. There is so much information about what stress is, how to cope with it, how to work through it, how to avoid it. Actually, reading through it all is actually quite a stressful experience. I found an online stress test and I thought, oh, I'll take this stress test. It's no big deal. It was just a a few uh, questions. I think it was about 12 questions. They weren't too confronting. Yeah, I can do this. I was feeling pretty calm at that time. And yeah, I get stressed, but I think I handle it. So there was no risk in taking this stress test at all until I hit submit. And what flashback was, you are approaching the danger zone. And I was like, what? That was a new revelation to me. Stress, it's everywhere. As I kept looking, though, I also found an article out of the Sydney Morning Herald, and it was published just a couple of weeks ago to go along with Mental Health Week. And it ranked, uh, it was talking about a study that ranked the most stressful job to the least stressful job. So this is people who, within a period of a year, uh, within this industry, the most who said, I suffer significant stress in my work. Does anyone want to give me a guess at what the most stressful job in this study was? Paramedic, Paramedic, okay, yeah. Parenting, yeah. Yeah. Air traffic controller. controller. All very good answers, I think. But according to this study, number one were sales support workers. Now, if you don't know what that is, you might know them as the people that you often hang up on. (laughs) Telemarketers say that they suffer, they were considered number one in the most stressful. Do we have any telemarketers here? <coughs> I was going to say go give that person a hug afterwards, but no. Well, maybe think twice about next time you hang up on that telemarketer. They are considered number one. Who do you reckon was at the bottom of the list? Who's right at the bottom of the list? Least stressful jobs. Everyone really wants to know now because they want to get into the industry, Yes. Car salesman? Mm-hmm. Any other takers for least stressful? Minister. 
Troy, would you like to? <laughs> good call, good call, my friend. Oh, beer tester. Yeah, okay. Well, according, I don't know if the beer tester was on there, but according to this study, the people with the least stressful jobs were skilled professionals who worked with animals or trees. So in other words, they didn't have to deal with people. They were the least stressed around. Oh, they also put retirees in that list as well. So there you go. So work can be a big contributor of our stress, but family can as well, can't they? Family can be really stressful, whether it's because of sickness and illness or or whether it's because of some conflict that's going on or sometimes just the very act of caring for each other, for looking after each other can actually be really stressful. When your husband and you just are not seeing eye to eye, when your child will just not see reason and will just not see where you're coming from, when your brother or sister in the middle of a really important moment just walks away and refuses to engage. Families can be stressful and that's why they say the times of Christmas and birthdays when families all have to come together can actually in people's lives be a significant stress event. And when it comes to experiencing stress, we all do it differently. What might be a stressful thing for you won't be a stressful moment for me. I'm actually a person who thrives a little bit on stress, hence probably why I'm approaching the danger zone. And so I use stress as a motivator. I was talking to Troy a week and a half ago and he wanted to know what I was speaking about this week and had I thought about it, I went, no, I've still got a week and a half to do that, Troy. Stress is a motivator for me. And we see this in all of our lives. The way people manage and the way people handle stress is very different. Uh, a couple of years ago, I, I, um, I'm originally from Queensland and um, I was on the Gold Coast. And so every year, I'm sure you know, schoolies comes around. So when the year 12s finish uh, and 30,000 under 18s descend onto surface paradise. Talk about stress. Uh, And and what that, there's an organisation called Red Frogs that uh, gets volunteers together to go help look after these kids in a number of different ways. And I was on one of the teams that was called the referral team. So if there was an issue that one of the Red Frogs um, didn't know how to deal with or it seemed to be um, a bigger thing and generally the police or the paramedics were about to be called... I was on a team that got to go into these situations. And the way people handled stressful moments, things like um, apparent drug overdoses and sexual assault and, and even friends committing suicide was unbelievable. Some were very, very calm, just going within themselves and just trying to centre what is going on. Others would scream and yell and rant. I remember we were called to one girl... She was really struggling. Uh, Her friends could not console her. They could not work out what was going on. She'd locked herself in the room and just would not come out. And so we were called because they thought, obviously, something big has happened here. So we go and we eventually coax her out of the room. We sit her down and we talk to her and we go, what is going on? And she's just inconsolable. She's crying. And she said, now, we'd just come from a number of assaults and talking through pe- to people through that. She's crying and she said to me, my friends, they called me a name and then they threw ice at me. And this, she was more 
upset that her friends had just called her a name than the girl who I'd been spoken who I'd just spoken to, who was going was going through something detrimental. The way that we deal with stress is all very, very different. And yet, for all the bad rap I suppose that stress gets, it's not actually a bad thing which is kind of a bit anti to what we hear now, but stress in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. For some people, as we've said, stress is a motivator, but stress is actually our body's response to help us overcome big challenges. That racing heartbeat, that release of hormones like adrenaline, which kind of puts all our senses on alert, the release of another hormone like oxytocin, which is what they like to call the cuddle hormone because it forces us, it draws us towards other people for support. So adrenaline and oxytocin are uh, released uh, when we feel stressed. It's kind of the way that our bodies have been amazingly created. We're going to have these moments where we need to rise up to a challenge and so therefore our body responds. Stress in and of itself is not so bad. I have a little two-and-a-half-year-old. His name is Eli, and he's at that stage where he is just getting into everything. He's testing everything, every door, every drawer, everything is always open because he wants to see what's in it. And his latest phrase to me, he'll walk up to me and he'll go, Mum, you stay here. And then he runs. (laughs) And so this happens in shopping centres. Mum, you stay here. And he takes off. Um, but if he does that to me at home, he generally means he's going to run into his room and get something. And so we were in the lounge room and he was playing and he comes up to me and he goes, Mum, you stay here. And then he runs. And so I gave it a few minutes thinking that he'd be back soon with the toy from his room. But it was very, very quiet. And I suddenly, the heartbeat started to go a little faster should be hearing noise right now so I call out and there's nothing and so then suddenly uh, the brain starts firing okay something's not right here and I I walk I go and I look around the house he's no longer inside the house he likes to play hide and seek so I was looking around the house but he was not there and then I realized the back door was open So I go into the backyard because he can do things quietly now. So I go into the backyard and I'm calling his name, Eli, Eli, where are you? And he's not in the backyard. And I go down the side of the house and our gate out to the front yard is open. I forgot to mention we live on a main road. And I ran at that point. Stress had kicked in. I don't think I've ever run so far in my life. And I see him standing on the footpath as hundreds of cars fly past. And I go to run to him, but then I remember he really likes playing Chasey at the moment. Don't run, don't run. And I stopped. I said, Eli, come back this way. What are you doing? He's like, I just wanted to wait for Daddy to see if he was coming. Well, that's lovely. Okay, let's go inside. But stress in that moment was helpful. Stress in that moment was a good thing. It turned my senses on. It got me moving and it also got me thinking, don't run right now. So stress is not necessarily a bad thing. But when stress becomes not just a moment, not just to rise to one challenge here and there, but when it becomes our constant state of being, these moments stop being moments and they start becoming our whole lives, that's when stress can become a bit of an issue. 
and for some people, a very big issue. When it seems as though maybe that our whole life is turning into a death-defying tight rope walk. There's no gives, there's no takes. It's all about this. It's about the tight rope walk. When life feels like that all of the time, that we have to be on high alert just to make it through the day, that's when stress can become an issue. And when we're in these heightened states of emotions and we're trying to grapple or just trying to cope or just trying to survive with the day, I think what can happen is we can run into two different extremes. We can go two different ways in order just to cope and to live. And the first one is we can either go too close or too far. So let's have a look at this idea of too close. Often in those really stressful moments, it can seem that our circumstances are just crowning in on us. They are everywhere. They completely surround us, like they are weighing down on us. They are blocking any view of the world around us. They are drowning out any idea of hope or joy or anything like that. And, and, and there just does not seem to be any light coming through. We can come, become completely engrossed by our own circumstances. We've gotten too close to the issue or the problem, and it's all that we can see. This thing, whatever this thing is that we're stressing about, doesn't just become a thing that's over here, but it actually becomes a complete part of our whole life. The good old saying, can't see the forest for the trees, is so apt when we get too close to that stressful situation when it just becomes completely entrenched. We become completely entrenched in the problem, whatever it is. And wherever we look, all we can see is tree after tree after tree after tree. All we can see is the issue. All we can see is the emotions that rise every time we think about this issue. It's all that we can see. And we've got no hope of ever seeing the forest because the trees are just too close. The issue or the problem is just here. Our stress levels in this heightened state just grows. And no matter what we try and do, the more we try and dig in and the more we try and deal with it and the closer we try and get to it, our stress levels just keep growing and they, get grow, they grow and grow and they get heavier and they get heavier and they get heavier. And it's harder to work at it and it's harder to throw ourselves into it. And we just think this is the most imperative thing in my life to fix to push this situation together. But the trees just continue to grow closer. The issue continues to get bigger. Uh, Before moving to Melbourne, as I said, we lived on the Gold Coast and and I worked at a church as a youth pastor. And I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I was there at the church for four years and I, I just threw everything into it. But I literally threw my whole self into it for four years. And I was getting towards the end that I said to my lovely husband, Gary, if I keep doing this for another couple of years, you might be visiting me in an asylum. So I let the church know that I was going to finish up. We were finishing up well. There were no great issues. I just knew it was time to end. And in my mind, I like to know how things are going to work. And I often like to tell God how things should work. And so I let the church know in September that I'd finish up in December and we had a mortgage and bills to pay and so I went, well, that's three months to get a job. No worries, I'm highly employable. Um, And so that's what we did. did, And and as three months came, I'm like, okay, Lord, you've got three months, let's go. Well, things came up, yep. 
But they were never right. They weren't in the right city. They weren't in this place. They, weren't, they didn't quite fit this or that. And so we said no for one month gone. And then we said no. There's a few more weeks gone. And suddenly December was getting very, very close. And rather than going, okay, maybe there's a bigger picture here, I went into organisation mode. I was going to organise all the people around me and hopefully God in the same space so that I could pull all of this together. And I was knocking on every door and I was pushing and every response that my lovely husband would say to me would just be hit back because, no, this is the way it has to happen. And I dug deeper and deeper and got closer and closer to this issue of a job surrounded everything. And I remember getting to a point which I am even embarrassed to say where I went, God, I have worked my butt off for you and you can't even give me a job. Oh my goodness. But I had lost all sense of perspective. This was it. This was the thing that I had to do and this is how I had planned it and it was not going to plan. I had gotten too close to this situation. If you want to know the end of the story, I'll tell you later. In the Bible, um, there is a book called the Psalms, and this idea of getting too close is really relevant. Well, the Psalms is a book of songs and of poetry, and just like in our songs and poetry today, um, you, hear, you get the whole gamut of human emotions. You get that in the Psalms as well. Uh, and so you don't have to look too far until you see this idea of people getting too close, not being able to see out. And there's this one Psalm, Psalm 107, And it's a part of a psalm where, as you can see, we'll read it. Some went out to the sea in ships. So it's about sailors. There were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up the tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. These sailors went out. They were probably looking at how wonderful the creation was around them. They could see the work of God there, but then suddenly the waves got higher and higher and higher and that sense of perspective very quickly disappeared. All they could see were the waves. They mounted the waves, mounted up to the heavens and the boat went down to the depths. And in their peril, in the sailors' peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end. How many times in life when we've gotten too close and our stress levels are just too high because we're so in there that we can say, my issue, my problems, the way I'm dealing with it has mounted up to the heavens and I am going down to the depths. My courage has melted away. I reel and stagger like a drunkard. I am at my wit's end. Because that's what happens when when we get too close and we just live completely in that world and we lose all perspective. We will fall and we will get to our wit's end and we won't be able to see much else. And so what often happens then, though, is that we run to the second extreme. We go too far, too far away. (laughs) By going in too close... Our stress becomes everything and it's right in our faces all of the time and all we want to do is what? Run away. All we want to do is get out of it. We just want to go. We don't want to see people. We don't want to be around people. We want to leave the issue. We want nothing to do it. I just want to get 
away. And so we do, we step right out. We cut off ties with things. We move away from things. We try and release ourselves from all of the people. We want nothing to do with this whole situation. And we completely isolate ourselves. We lose connection. We just don't want to feel anymore. We're in the complete opposite place to where we just were, but unfortunately our stress levels probably haven't changed in so many different ways when we run from one extreme to the next. We're no closer to experiencing life the way that we should be. A great example of this is this lovely man. His name is Simon. Simon the Stylite, actually they called him. I'm not sure he actually looked like that. And when I tell the story of his life, he probably didn't look like that, but there you go. Um, He lived in about the 5th century. Uh, And in those days, uh, to really show your worship and your commitment to God, it was about leaving things behind. And so many would become a monk and move into a monastery. Well, Simon really took this to an extreme, so extreme that the monks actually said, maybe you shouldn't be at this monastery anymore. Who gets kicked out of a monastery? But Simon did. Um, And he's an interesting guy because in some ways I actually look up to what he did and go, wow, that's amazing. In other ways, I just shake my head. But when he was asked to leave the monastery, he found this pillar, 10 foot, so about three metres, and then at the top there was about a metre by a metre, and he just went to live there. He lived his life on top of a pillar outside of town. He then had amazing perspective. He could see everything around him. He got the big picture view, but he no longer had anyone to share it with or engage in. And so, of course, a guy sitting on top of a pillar for a number of years attracts attention. And so people from the town would come out and sit around him, and he even got some disciples. Well, this was not really what Simon wanted, and so he got them to build a 60-foot pillar. And he lived on top of that pillar for 30 years. As you can see, if you live on top of a pillar and a metre by a metre, you're probably not going to look like that for 30 years. But anyway, this was Simon the Stylite. He went so far. He went 60 feet above the earth just to be able to get away, to be able to get some perspective. But he lost all sense of relationship. He lost all sense of being and community with others. I don't think going too far either is the answer to how do we balance, how do we live with this stressful life? Well, there are times in life when we do need to get away. Please don't hear me saying that that's not the case. There are probably times when we actually want to get away so much, just like Simon the Stylite, that we start cutting off relationships and we start cutting off people and we start pulling ourselves for too long out of really good situations. We miss out on what we were created for. We miss miss out on a life of flourishing. So how do we navigate this life that is so often stressful beyond measure? What do we do with that? Maybe we need to go back to the image of the tightrope walker because there is a lot to be said here about balance. Balance. But this time, let's imagine that the rope is not suspended between two perilous cliffs where one wrong move means we're going to fall to our death. But let's just imagine for a little while that it's kind of just a little bit off the ground and it has some slack, like that slack lining. I think we've got a picture of the slack lining. We get to bounce and we get to just flow a little bit more because I'd like to say that Life isn't stressful, that we don't ever have to walk the tightrope. 
I'd like to tell you that and I'd like us all to agree and then we could skip out of here in a cheery delusion and then go into the world and realise it's all a lie. Life is, life is stressful. Stress is a part of our lives and there are going to be times in our lives where we have massive amount of stress, that we are in these heightened states and there are going to be times when it's less so, but stress is a part of our lives. The Bible even promises it. Life is always going to be a bit of a tightrope walk. But if we can get the balance right, this idea of being able to go in and dig in and get close to a situation while still keeping a broader and higher perspective, then we might just be able to face it. We might be able to move into it. We might be able to work through our problems. And I think there's another psalm, another song actually from the psalms that I think expresses this idea of balance so well. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Here we just see that... Can we go back for a second? When we talk about this idea of balance, this psalm and the next bit we're going to read says it so beautifully. We've got this big picture, this big picture God who is our strength and who is our refuge in ever-present help. He's the place that we can be still, where we can engage, where we can just sit and be with our creator. But then we also see a God that is clearly in the details of these people's lives. This was a song that was written by the people of Israel or for the people of Israel, and they would sing this song as a great hope, as a celebration because they knew that this is a God of balance, a God where these two things come together, the big picture, the understanding, why are we created, what are we here for, as well as being very in the very intimate details of our lives. These people's lives, their world seemed as though it was falling apart. The mountains are falling, the waters are roaring. We'll go to the next slide, thanks. Come and see what God the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on this earth, he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. It's this beautiful picture of balance. A God where we can sit in and really revel in this big picture, understanding why we've truly been created And it's also a God that's with us in the intimate details. I love this song, Psalm 2, because it's also about community. It's also about a group of people coming together. When we talk about it, what we are created for, one of the big things that are big ideas is that of community, togetherness, more than one. It's always about come and see what God has done. It's about us, it's about our, it's we together particularly in that first part of it. It's about us coming together. It's about our. You know, there was a study done in 2013 about, again, about stress, because remember, the information is out there constantly. Uh, And it asked a large number of people in the US. It just asked them two questions. It said, question number one, how much stress have you experienced in the past year? Question number one. Question number two was, how much time do you spend helping in your community? And they just got people to answer those questions. And then they looked at the, um, the, the 
death, birth and death records for the next year to see who died out of the people that they'd asked. For those who answered yes to the first question, that I have had significant stress or stressful events in this year, it showed that there was a 30% rise in their risk of death. 30%, that's a big deal. 30% risk, uh, rise in their risk of death. However, for those who also answered yes to the second question, so yes, I have had a significant stress event in my life, but yes, also I am helpful in my community and I engage with a number of people in different ways, that risk of 30% disappeared. There was no difference between those people than people who said, I haven't actually experienced a stressful event in my life. Isn't that amazing? This idea that we are created to be interconnected, that we are created to be in community, that we are not meant to go through these stressful moments alone, but in engaging and helping others, we are also being engaging and helping ourselves. Why? Because this is how we were created. And so maybe if I just push the tight roping walk analogy one little bit further, this is the last time I promise, maybe it should more look like this. community together, helping each other walk through these times because that's what it is about getting the balance right. When I did my stress test, when I'm approaching the danger zone, uh, it gave me a number of different things that I could try in order to, just really practical things, in order to just bring the stress levels down. And the idea is that you don't just do these things when you're stressed, but you do these things as a daily practice or part of your weekly practice of life so that when the stressful moments come, you're already quite equipped. Here's a few of them. Grab the next slide, thank you. Exercise. None of these will be new to anyone. Get out there and exercise. Get out there and walk and jog. And my husband, who's super fit, is nodding like this right now. Um, Walk, jog, do a lap around the park, whatever that is, but just allow yourself to get out of the space that is so close. Relax. And it was interesting. They said, don't just relax by yourself, but relax with people who make you feel good. That idea of community, again, being able to relax with yourself, but also with others that are present and engaging. Eat well, chocolate and stress. I think that's eating well, but others might disagree. Um, But eat well. How do we keep ourselves healthy through all of this? Sleep, getting really good sleeping patterns, keeping those going so that, as as I've been told, you can bank sleep. So keeping those going so you're getting good amounts of sleep so when those stressful moments hit... You're a bit more well-equipped. You're not already at the bottom. Have fun. There's a novel idea. Go out and have fun. It even told me that I could dance a jig. Not my idea of fun, but that's what it said I could do. So go out and have fun, whatever that looks like for you. And for some, stress is not just kind of this hump, but for some, if stress is in every big part of your daily lives and you are wondering how you cope, go see your doctor. Have a chat with your doctor and engage that way. I think these are all excellent ideas, amazing ideas for when the stress is feeling just too close. But I would like to add one more, if that's all right. Just one more and we'll go to the next slide. Get to know God. If we really want an idea of perspective, if we really want to have a 
grander idea of the big picture of life, what we are created for, what we are here for, what's our purpose, what are we engaging in. We've got to get to know God. And if you've been a follower of Jesus for many years, discipleship hasn't finished. Discipleship is a lifelong thing. And so there are so many different ways that we need to engage and try and get to know God. It might be getting back into our Bible. It might be joining a small group. It might be participating uh, differently in church. It might be trying something very different, a contemplative way of life that you've never done before, but being able to take space and time to maybe have a silent retreat or, or learn from others about how they experience God and see if you can put some of those things into your own life. But if you are here this morning and you say, you know what, I actually don't know God yet. I don't even know where I would begin. I, I have a sense of who God might be, but I don't, well, couldn't say that I would, could know God. Where would I begin? I would say start with Jesus. Start with Jesus because I believe that Jesus is God here on earth, that we have a God that is a God of balance and who was not satisfied with being far away and so he entered into our world and experience the things of this world and the life and the things that we go through. God here on earth, Jesus. And so if you want to learn more about Jesus so that you can get a sense, a greater sense of who you are and who you are could be or meant to be, then there are a couple of ways to do that. You might, if you, if you want to start doing that by yourself, then you might want to grab a Bible from outside or guess what, you can download them in a hundred different thousand forms on your iPad or your phone and and maybe start by reading the book of Mark. Or if a friend has brought you along today, then start chatting it about with your friend. Or Troy, or there's going to be people afterwards who are happy to pray. But if we really want to get a life of balance, if we really want to be able to walk this way, we've got to be able to start to get to know the one who made us, the one who created us, to get the big picture. I'm going to ask the the band to come up now and... um, They're just going to play for a minute. And I'm wondering if you can just take that little time to sit sit where you are, take a deep breath, take this lovely moment that so often doesn't happen during our weeks. What is it that I need to take through this week so that I can feel that life isn't stressful beyond measure, that I can take it on, that I can cope, that I I can engage? What is it that you need to take in this week? And then I'll just read that psalm again after you've had that time as a bit of a prayer over us this morning.
God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Come and see what God the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted 